The champ is here. We will definitely not shut up and dribble. The champ is here. Stand with the people. The champ is here. I will, I will not, not lose. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with we. My name is EJ, and I got my man. Yeah, he is the DB of the show, and we are black in sports, giving a voice to the culture that won't shut up and dribble. Uh, we're here interviewing the best professionals in the game and in the boardroom, laughing at it all while providing a platform to be heard. So let's pay some bills. This show is sponsored by Agent Stacy Connor of Windermere. Uh, whatever your real estate needs, Stacy will help you reach your goals with confidence. Top luxury agent, sports and entertainment division. You can reach her at 702-741-5944 or Stacy Connor at Windermere. So without further ado, let's get into it. We got to welcome our guests. All right, so growth driver, Visionary leader, motivator, executive of marketing brand. He is a game changer and an ultimate friend of the show. Let's clap it up for John A. Shumay. Let's break. Let's up, clap it up. up. Let's what's up. Yes. Long time coming. That intro is is unbelievable. The music that plays as you lead in it just gets gets you hyped up and fired up. The champs are here and we're ready to go. The champs are here. So if we're ready to go, then let's let's get it. So okay. you know how we start the show. Yeah, I cheat. <laughs> so you know how we start the show. So please, please give us a shoot your shot moment, man. A time when you bet on yourself and you went for it all. Go. Well, I got two. Okay. So, you know, oh, you, you really came. I got a personal and then a business one. We'll start with the personal first. So, okay. Uh, I'm going to go way back. Way back. Back, in, back into time. 2003-ish time. Okay. Uh, you know, I was getting ready to head to graduate school down at Florida and uh, in Columbus, Ohio, a party that happens once a month called First Fridays. So I decided to go check out First Fridays. Yeah, First Fridays are a little different there. in the Midwest yeah, than they are out yeah, here. Of yes, yeah, yes. No, it's official out there for sure. <laughs> and I was at the party and was I saw a young lady across the way. Okay. And, you know, I was watching for quite some time you know that, i don't know if you uh seen that show netflix on netflix called you you know it has a guy that's kind of like talking <laughs> you laugh you see i ain't crazy like that oh, i'm okay. not crazy like that Joe. yeah you might but, want to define yeah, yeah, where yeah, 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 yeah. but but i was just <laughs> talking to myself and thinking like okay how, how do i approach this person you know okay. what i mean so started singing that uh jodeci song come and talk to me in my uh -huh, head just uh -huh. to get me hyped up to walk over there and talk to her you know what i mean so i i, I started making my move and then all of a sudden <laughs> this corny cat comes up in front of me and asks her to dance and so they start dancing oh he cut in on he you. cut in got me right <laughs> so then i'm like all right i'm gonna wait i'm gonna, I'm gonna be patient and, and see what happens so, so they finally stopped dancing she moved over to the side i made my way over there we started dancing had a good vibe right next thing you know it's like i'll be right back didn't see the rest of the night oh she ghosted you, know, you ghosted me ghosted <laughs> me fast forward two weeks later i'm uh -huh. at my boy's house and he's the ultimate player you know my nickname it's John Stockton. I'm an ultimate wingman, assist man. You know what I mean? John Stockton. Yes. Let's yes. go. So he asked me to come over. He's like, I got this girl coming over. She's bringing a friend. I need you, bro. I'm like, all right, I'll come through. Right. Come through, start talking to this young lady, you know, running interference, doing my thing. I'm getting ready to move to South Florida. So I'm like, I'm not trying to, right. you know, trying to lock out. get in a situation where I move to South Florida. I'm here for the South moment, Beach, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Had a great conversation, kind of left it, left it be. Okay. And then moved to South Florida, but kept in touch with the friend. Finally, next thing you know, she's like, oh, I'll set you up with my friend. So we started talking, you know, vibing, getting together, those types of things, long distance. Mm -hmm. Come to find out it was the same girl that was at that party that ghosted me. Because uh, it was dark, you didn't know. Right. And now, you know, 14 years later, we're married. Yeah. That's big time. Oh, yeah, so that's that was my, a, sh my shot. So I, I, That's I, a hell yeah. of a shot because <laughs> yeah. you rebounded and, yeah. Yeah. you know, you went into overtime with yeah. that one. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Put in the work. The the mic part from the wood where he does that kind of uh, he takes like that little uh, sir, <laughs> that yeah. route that little curl route over there to make that attempt. That's yeah. what I whole picture. Yeah, oh, that's absolutely. hilarious. So yeah, I, that that was one that I I shot made, but I gotta also you know talk about ones that I missed. Okay. okay. And so now I'm gonna rewind back to <laughs> 19, <laughs> 19, exactly. <laughs> Let's so hit we'll it. Go, I'm gonna go back to 1998, okay. Wittenberg University, Springfield, Ohio, 2,000 students, predominantly white you know, college, university. Sure. The alma mater. Yes. And I actually became a part of the student programming board. Okay. And so we were responsible CPB. for bringing in inter yeah, entertainment <laughs> acts. You know, we brought out, you know, Carrot Top, Jim Blossoms, Hootie wow. and the Blowfish, Tommy Davidson, 
you know, the list goes on and on for a small school. Not too bad. It's right? not bad at all. <laughs> so my senior year, I'm like, look, senior year, I'm a hip hop head. I got to bring hip hop back to Springfield, Ohio. Okay. So literally I'm at the barbershop in Columbus okay. on a payphone. Yes, I'm dating myself. I'm on a payphone talking to a booking agent. <laughs> right? And you said barbershop. Yeah. So that kind of threw me off too. <laughs> you and Miles rocking the same circles right now, but go ahead. I know. You got So I'm on the phone We're trying to figure out who to bring out to Springfield, Ohio We okay. had the date booked uh, September 26, two days before my birthday And we're trying to identify artists There was one artist we were interested in He dropped a mixtape, he was you know up and coming Things was things were going good but he, said, but he said, you know what Though he's got a tendency a few You know weeks before the show to ask for more money Okay. And so we were a small school. We had tight budgets. I couldn't really take that risk. And I didn't want to take the risk. I pretty much went with this guy's advice and said, you know, move on. Mm -hmm. We ended up getting a tribe called Quest. Okay. You know, it was their last show before they broke up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the show was fire. Q tip was late, of course. Like he, <laughs> the show started at eight. He the missed dragon. his flight. Oh, you know, wow. came in Dayton. Dayton's about 15, 20 minutes away. Yeah. Rushed him in. Dude came on stage and killed it, right? Okay. So that Tuesday, September 28th, which is actually my birthday, mm -hmm. two albums came out. One was the Tribe's last album, mm -hmm. and the other album was the artist that I passed on over probably $5,000. And that album that dropped was A Hard Knock Life. Get uh. out of here. Yeah. Get out of there. So, so, so I meant, yeah. yeah. You just had to play the music to just, you know. Just to show how, rub, yeah, just rub, rub that rub, shit rub in. It in. So that, that was one of those things. This is I, what you missed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I mean, it was one of those things now, even to this day. Yeah. I've even talked about it in interviews. It's like, oh, what do, what is your biggest disappointment or what are the things that you've learned from? And you always want to take the time to take the extra steps to get as much information as you possibly can. You can't yeah. always just rely on one person. You've got to do your research, do your due diligence. And at the end of the day, would $5,000 kill us? Probably nah. not, yeah. especially for Jay-Z. Nah. So, that is wow. crazy. You know, that even is to this day, I'm, I'm, I'm chasing, so hopefully I could do a show with him at some point in my career just to make up for it. But And now yeah, that, that you hurt. said that, I see that happening. There's going to be some <laughs> way wow. with what you do. And we're going to get into that, yeah. that, that you're going to make that happen. So for the love of sports, where did that foundation start? I mean, honestly, as a child, you okay. know, I went to, you know, growing up in Columbus, Ohio, you have no choice but to love the Ohio State University. Uh, Say it again, who? The mm. Ohio State University. <laughs> okay. And for, for me, you know, going to the game with my father was just, just memorable, right? And then was fortunate enough to grow up around it my whole career, yeah. my right. whole life. You know, right. my father was affiliated with the university, so I got to go to bowl games and trips and all this stuff so i was just grew up around the buckeyes and that's so, awesome but then i played sports you know i started out playing soccer uh play a little bit of basketball as well i tried football but i joined too late <laughs> and i was beyond trash okay. let's go be, be honest so you said it was trash and you was beyond yeah, it, i was man. beyond trash i mean i didn't know the plays i didn't know anything i right. was just a big dude just trying to block and mm -hmm. do those things and it just was like I'm not this going to the league. <laughs> like, this is over. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I'm not going to the league, so let me figure out how I can work it behind the scenes, if at all possible. And that's kind of how I got uh, the love of sports there. So, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. So that early, you was like, you know what? Yeah. Like, I'm not seeing this. Let me figure. I love this because I love the energy and all of the things that's come with it. Let me figure out how I can maneuver my way into it. Yeah, I was always that the type of person that was always in the mix, knew everybody, you know, networker, those types of things. I was like, oh, I'm going to be your agent. I'm going to be your manager. And I used to walk around with a piece of paper, have people sign, you know, people sign paperwork saying, okay, if you do make it big, I'm going to be your representative. <laughs> you know, j j just in case. Just in just case. Just in case. Nobody panned out at the time, but, you know, at least I was getting practice a little bit earlier. For and sure. you're covered. Yeah. <laughs> you had it locked in. Exactly. How influential was, was Pops in that, in, in your nature of, okay, I, I, not necessarily a backup plan, but I know I'm going to be working behind the scenes. How influential it, it, Extremely influential. Not only my father, but, you know, my uncle. Actually, my uncle Walter Luckett used to play for Ohio University back in the day. Uh, was on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a freshman. Wow. Yeah, he, he was a beast. You know, and he, you know, you talk to him, he's, you know, start talking about how good you were, and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. And they didn't really have film, but right. he, he scored. Like, he was in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Okay. You know, scored 100 points in high school with no three-point line. All right. So it was just one of those things where you just grew up wow. around it. And then I also saw my friends were very competitive okay. athletes as well and participated in sports quite a bit. So it, it's just one of those things where it just – 
it found me. It was like the universe, and it mm-hmm. just found me. I just was unfortunate that I wasn't six four, you know what I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and, and talented enough to do the things that I would love to do on the field, but fortunate enough to do it behind the scenes, off the field. Nice, Ohio State memory. Kind of give me a give me a memory of being a kid in the stadium there. Woo! Uh, I, I would. There's 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 a couple, but. Okay. One, it wasn't at the stadium, but it was in Arizona, in Tippy, Arizona, okay. when Ohio State played the U. I was at that game. And what the crazy uh, part about one. it was, That's I was with my dad, and we were in the suite. Okay. And it was overcrowded. Hum- humble brag. No, no just, just facts. Just, just facts. <laughs> I'm just telling the truth, right? <laughs> just just and, facts. And he's like, okay, it's a little crowded. And this dude pulls out two tickets on the 50 yard line, like, here, if you want to go sit outside and find somebody to go to the game, I'm already in the stadium. Uh-huh. <laughs> Self service doesn't even work. So I literally went outside and was amongst the fans on the 50 yard line watching this amazing game. And, you know, national championship, Coach Trestle, Claret, the whole nine. It was, it was a beautiful thing. Then the second one was when Ohio State beat Alabama because it's mm-hmm. Sugar Bowl. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, going into the playoffs because, you know, Ohio State was like 0 and 100 versus SEC <laughs> schools. And, it was just one of those things one of those where things, yeah. finally, you know, we beat a legit SEC team, and it was just unbelievable. Thank you, Zeke Elliott. I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> so you look, you like to hear that, right? You got some love for Ezekiel. <laughs> I do got love for Zeke. I, that that game at Ohio State in Miami, I didn't have love for that. <laughs> I remember that game a whole lot because, A, I was still getting a haircut at my homeboy's house. There at you that, go. My hairline was crisp at that time. There it is. Uh, but that controversial Back in the day, yeah, that 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 pass interference call in it, the end clearly, zone, man. Well, first of all, if you watch the plays leading up to that, it was pass interference every play going down the field. <laughs> every, and then Ooh. you can't tackle somebody before the ball gets to them. But I, I digress, and yeah. my, my U fans probably won't like like hearing it, but just keep it on hundred. <laughs> and of course, I'm I'm torn, loving the U the U and Ohio. So yeah, with that, so we know Ohio State's your team, right? Did you have or did you follow the Browns and the Cavs? Like, how did that work for you for professional? <laughs> yeah, about that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no, honestly, Ohio State was our professional team. It, it was just like Saturdays was was the pro day and Sunday was you go to church and then you kind of watch football, football in the background. And <laughs> no. this was before Sunday ticket, too. So you were, I shouldn't stuck. say the word stuck, yeah. Yeah. but you were, you know, given the choice of none other but the Browns or the Bengals. You're giving no yeah. other choice, right? Right, right. no other Same choice. Yep. So, so then you were watching all the Ohio State guys at other. Exactly. I would always cheer for Buckeyes that played in the pros. Okay, but what about the Cavs, though? Eh, <laughs> you know, basketball is one of those sports, too, and in professional football. I like all the teams. Okay. I just like seeing competitive athletes play, and you kind of just cheer on those people. You develop a connection. You kind of hear their story and right. you kind of follow. I mean, ironically enough, one of my my favorite basketball player of all time is Larry Johnson. Die hard. When really? I got haircuts, I used to get the part in the, the middle. The part in the I middle. Put, I put the foil in my teeth too. I don't like when people say, oh, grandmama, because I feel like that's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I mean, UNLV Larry Johnson was just okay. unbelievable. And I and I and my basketball game was patterned after that too. You know, I was going to ask you that. Forward. Yep. So Larry Johnson was your guy. My guy. Okay. My guy. Like if dude walked in, and I've met a lot of a lot of athletes <laughs> and stars, but if he walked in, I probably would just straight lose it. Okay. Got his jersey and everything. So that was your kind of going through your professionals and, and then your sports, and you talked about kind of where your sports career went. Okay. <laughs> Nowhere. <laughs> so you have twin boys. Yes. Where are they at in the in the you know path? on sports and how are you dealing with that right because now from when we were growing up there's so much questioning if you should even put your kids in sports right because of all of the health issues and things like that sure. so where are you on all of that kind of combined with with the the track your boys are taking i never wanted to force my sons into anything okay. i wanted them to discover and just find out and figure it out for themselves mm-hmm. but every saturday the shoemade household is watching college football. We're watching Ohio State. So you have no choice, right, but to start loving Ohio State. And, and it's crazy. And my, it's getting ingrained. I have twin and... boys. Their, their birthday is on Monday, nine years old. And they they have the ESPN app. They're looking at the stats. They're, they're wow. breaking down film. I was showing them film of Zeke Elliott and Ted Ginn Jr. And they're playing in the flag like league it. out here in Las Vegas, and they're beasting it. And I, and I don't want to be one of them proud, braggadocious type fathers, but – you go out there, them dudes got wheels. Every time they touch the ball, they're scoring a touchdown. I, I mean, it. they're just – and they're they're loving it, and they're enjoying it. And by my one son, Chase, he's kind of artistic, and 
you know, free, free spirit. And he's like a kid's kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the dude that doesn't care about football, but got wheels. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he plays because his brother is, is so serious. His there. Right. Exactly. But he's the type of person I'll just go home and watch cartoons. Mm-hmm. Whereas my other son, Jackson, sitting there watching the game, breaking down film and, you know, really analyzing football. So if he doesn't make it as a, uh, as a football player, he definitely could be a coach or a GM. No question about that. I love it. On the Ohio State subject, they play a team this weekend uh, that's pretty hot. Hopefully. Hopefully they play a team this weekend. No, they don't play. We, we playing. They're playing. Okay. They, they won't allow fans, but they're playing. Okay. Yeah. So how how do you feel about that outcome? I, I feel good. I really feel, I mean, really like, I mean, Justin Field, this was one of those things when they were debating on whether or not playing the college football season, I was, like, in pain mm-hmm. because there's nothing worse than not seeing a talented individual. Sure showcase their talent and we have the ability to have a a unbelievable talent in justin fields have unbelievable wide receiver core it would have just been a travesty not to see that especially sure. how they went out last year right you know i mean with that clemson that interception i mean yeah. that was just painful you okay. seen a grown man cry that was me i was crying <laughs> and, was and, and just knowing that they had the talent and the ability to win just to see them come come back is just it's therapeutic especially all this nonsense that we're going through right Correct. now just to look forward to it. i know their game was canceled last saturday i didn't know what to do with myself <laughs> yeah. i was at, at a loss i'm like i don't care about these games i want to see my team, team. but I'm, I'm excited look forward to seeing a, a good competitive game i'm happy for indiana it's yeah. good that they're relevant and you know we'll, we'll see i don't like talking trash because i lived through the john cooper years yeah. so <laughs> You know, you know, you yes. start, you're feeling good. You have the best talent in the world, and it just don't show then, up. But right. Ryan Day is a phenomenal coach, and they have yes. a great team. A little concerned about the defense, but hey, we're going to strap it up and play. Shout out to is. my boys. I, I coached a couple of kids that's on uh, IU. Okay, right now that when I was at some time in Indiana, so uh, it's going to be a tough game. But I'm, I'm looking forward to it this weekend. Tough yeah. is definitely a word you could use. <laughs> <laughs> so how were you? Take us back to, you know, it's. You know, pre-COVID, everybody was like, I know me and you talked about this all the time. Like, all right, football's a way away. We're going to get out of this thing. You know, football's going to be good. We get here and people are canceling seasons. And then some people are making those inroads to come back. Everybody in Ohio is playing football except Ohio State, man. What were you going through? And then what do you think was why the decision was made so late? I think they were just exercising caution. They were sure. looking at the data and the information based on the doctors and, and what was being told, and they know the disease. I mean, should they be playing? Probably not, but I'm not complaining. Don't get me wrong, you know what I'm saying? But, right. but at the same time, I mean, props to Kevin Warren and his leadership. I mean, just to see someone coming in new from the outside yeah, man. to get thrown in the fire and – one of my best friends is in digital marketing, and he always tell, he always challenges me to look at the comments. I hate reading comments. It's the worst because you realize that the people that are the same fans of you don't have the same views as you on the world and life. And okay. you get what I'm saying, yes. you know? 1, and it's just so <laughs> yes. disappointing. You're just like, we're all Buckeyes. We all bleed red. Like, right. why do you want to sit there and crucify this brother? Um, you know, for what he's trying to do to mm-hmm. help. And they're like, oh, your son's playing the SEC, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it, it's just one of those things where he had information. He thought he was making the best decision based on the information. But knowing that things worked itself out, we still got a game. We still got a season. Hopefully we got a college football playoff and we can go from there. Nice. So take me back. I, I love hearing the journeys of the higher education part. So Winberg University, how did you – start how how did you know that was the school that was best fit for you yeah i mean growing up in columbus you know everything was ohio state but in reality ohio state had fifty thousand students mm-hmm. and i did not want to be another number, number or be in a classroom with three to four hundred people not all their classes are that big but and then also too the average person of course it may have changed my dad might yell at me for saying this but it usually takes people five years to graduate undergrad <laughs> so i mean they, pro- they probably improved it. they probably improved it now so you know shout out to ohio state but <laughs> I-, I wanted more of a smaller closer intimate experience right and going to a small school such as wittenberg university for 45 minutes away from columbus 15 minutes away from dayton so i was far enough away 
to where my parents couldn't pop up on me if they didn't want to. But and close you could have home, that experience. Yeah, and close enough home to, to get home if I needed. But right. it was a great intimate experience, and it just gave you an opportunity. And the university just gave me the ability not only to learn academically, mm-hmm. but to learn outside of the classroom. So, again, I was talking about I was a, you know, part of the student programming board. Right. I was part of Student Senate. I was a part of the Concerned Black Students. I'm a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. So it was just so many different opportunities for you to grow and develop as a leader. And that exposure just really gave me the confidence. And I graduated high school, I was 17. So, I, mm-hmm. you know, I was kind of still kind of young yep. and didn't want to go too far away, but really enjoyed the experience and have developed a lifelong friendships. I'm still in contact, you know, 20 some odd years out of yeah. the game. That's awesome. And, and really tight with a lot of the people and the individuals. And I so happen to be serving on the board of directors at the university too, as well. So I'm That's definitely, big time. Uh, there it is. you know, it's one of those things in school, you see, <laughs> you is. used to see the exec, you know, the board walk around yeah. absolutely. the student center. I'm yeah. like, one day that's going to be me. me. And thank, you know, God, God is just amazing. And I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the board and, and helping out as best as I can. Love it. So then the next step to FAU. Mm-hmm. How did that go about? So in between FAU after uh, school, after undergrad, mm-hmm. I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. My father's a lawyer, very prominent attorney, yes. like big time. I thought yes. I was going to yeah. be a sports agent, the whole thing. And but you already see, have some of those documents out yeah, there yeah. that you need to follow up on. Exactly. Exactly. You had to make sure it was airtight, right? So, <laughs> But see, what had happened was. Oh, yeah, one of them, right? What yeah, had right. happened, right? You know, that, that situation called the LSAT, you know, mm, that yeah. this wasn't something. I'm, I'm not a good standardized test taker. You know, you got to know your strengths and your opportunities. <laughs> and this just didn't really work out. So I went back home to Columbus and worked for a small urban apparel clothing line called Zero Casualties. Back mm. then, they were trying to get, compete against FUBU. Um, Ooh, and really, yeah, it. yeah, it was tough. <laughs> you know, Damon John was killing it. It was already established. <laughs> but, you know, a friend of my father's entrepreneur wanted to get in the game. So had several hats of you know, sales, marketing, so on and so forth. Right. But then I had a passion for sports as well. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get in the sports industry. So I sent my resume to every NFL, every NBA, um, every baseball, and a few hockey teams. Okay. Got so many no letters, it wasn't even funny. Even a no <laughs> letter from the Miami Dolphins, too, as well. Wow. wow. Um, Man, that's wow. But then I got Full a circle. call from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Okay. Right? I don't know anything about hockey. Not even interested in hockey. But came in, had the discussion. Probably one of the worst interviews I had in my career, <laughs> due to the fact that I'm sitting there talking them out of hiring me because I'm uh, like, I don't know anything about hockey, not really interested in hockey, but they really saw something in me that I didn't see in myself, and just mm. say, hey, just give us a chance, you know, come in here and learn, um, and get great experience, and that was the best, one of the kind of game changing, uh, pivotal uh, experiences in my career yeah. Yeah. that allowed me to then spearhead. I'm like, okay, I'm getting a taste of this. I was also taking some sport management courses at Ohio State University. While you were there? While I was there. Okay. But their program wasn't in the business program. And I was kind of thinking long term. I played chess at a very young age. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like you got to make moves for the long term. Right. And for me, it was one of those things where I knew getting a master's in business was going to be important for my long term career aspirations. So let me get it out the way. You know, let me get it while I still can. But I found a program, Florida Atlantic University, that specialized. They had an MBA program, but it was also a sports specialization. That's awesome. So it was kind of like, okay, I want to be a team president one day, or I want to work in for a brand or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Let me get this education that can open up, a, you know, bigger opportunities down the road. That's awesome. And of course, I looked at several places, all warm, of course. I was looking at Florida and Arizona <laughs> and Texas and all those things. But South Florida, taking my talents to South Beach, you know, was a, was a no-brainer. Right. And so the program, too, was set up to where you I went to school at night, and you had to work in order to stay in the sports part of the program. Okay. So I was fortunate enough to where I got an opportunity when I was down there to work for the Baltimore Orioles spring training in PR. No interest whatsoever in PR. Don't, just not me. Right. Right. But the director at the time was like, hey, I need you to do me a favor. We need somebody to represent the university, you know, go in there, interview, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. End up getting a job. I'm like, dang. I mean, it was good, <laughs> but I don't really like baseball like that either. No offense, <laughs> baseball. But it's just not – it was it wasn't me. Right. So I was supposed to start in two weeks. So a week later, I get a call from the Miami Dolphins. Wow. And it was a special events, game entertainment, television broadcasting coordinator role. Okay. And went in for the interview, and the, my boss at the time, or person I was interviewing with, said, you know what? You work for, in hockey? You work for the Blue Jackets? Mm-hmm. I used to work for the Florida Panthers. And so, wow. you know, we started that talking hockey. Connection. 
Yeah. But think about it. If I didn't take that hockey job, I wouldn't have maybe gotten that connection because, you know, the old saying of here's a stack of resumes this high. And real talk, there was a stack of resumes this high. That, yes. You know, competing for that role. And I was fortunate enough to get that that job. And, of course, then I'm like, well, I already committed to the Orioles. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? And he was like, hey, you're going to have to have Make to choose. choose. Make these decisions. Yeah. So I was like. I'm definitely going with the Dolphins. It's no brainer. <laughs> my, my director of um, our sports management program was pissed, though, because, like, you made a commitment, this, that, and the other. And we, you know, he was mad at me for a little bit. But mm-hmm. now, again, if I didn't make that move to the Miami Dolphins, it wouldn't have, you know, obviously uh, went to to where I am today. No question about yeah. it. So let's jump in there. I mean, because yeah. you're in the career. So let's wow. talk more about your career, you know. And so that was one of the questions was how you got your foot in the door. So was it the Blue Jackets that you got your foot in the door? And then that just led to the snowball of kind of, you know, not saying no to opportunities, which is, I think, you know, one of the big statements you, that you're making and making those choices. So um, so first it was that, um, how, and then it got to Miami Dolphins. How long were you at the Dolphins? I was there for a year. So it was okay. a year-long kind of what's called a staff assistantship. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was a year contractual um, type of, of role where you work through the – you do training camp and then you work through the season. Um, and then at the end of the season – it was a recession, you know, no, <laughs> okay. no permanent jobs. Like, hey, we love you. We'd love you to stay. But there just wasn't anything going wasn't. on. Mm-hmm. I still had another year of graduate school as well down in South Florida. But I was hungry. I was like, man, I got a taste of this. You know, I don't want to lose momentum. Right. 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 And so I started looking and use teamwork online. It's the great website <laughs> uh, for sports. OK, and teamwork. we don't need a sponsorship <laughs> for that plug. We do. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, tell, speaking the facts. And, and I found an opportunity <laughs> in Orlando with the Orlando Magic in, in sponsorship activation and uh, took that opportunity. And also, it's funny, like right before I had an offer with the Orlando Magic, the next thing you know, the Jaguars call. Oh. Jaguars like, hey, we want to interview you. And I'm like, I called my dad. I'm like, man, what do, what I, do I do? I, do? Yeah. I love the NFL. I want to stay in football. But I have an offer with the Magic. He was like, man, you take the offer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, Burn there are no possibles going yeah. on because it was this like, call to see if I was interested. But I took the Orlando Magic job, great experience in sponsorship activation, worked with major brands. TD Waterhouse at the time mm-hmm. was the naming rights partner, so I had that. Chrysler Jeep. I also had Gatorade as one of my accounts as well. Yeah, uh, so and, I <laughs> push. And, and so I got that exposure. So I'm working with people on the brand side mm-hmm. as they're trying to find ways to work with the Magic to unlock growth for their particular brand. So was, I felt like I made a point to be a part of the extension of their brand team. Okay. But I worked for the Magic and wanted to make sure that we did everything we can to maximize our relationship with them so we can keep that partnership going. So it was awesome. an unbelievable opportunity. It was Dwight Howard's rookie season, a lot oh. of fun. Uh, you know, Orlando was growing and a lot of fun. And so, yeah, you know, Superman really enjoyed came it. in. Yeah, exactly, well, exactly. Don't tell Shaq that. Well, oh, yeah. he, he he attempted to, to run with that. You know, we, we know how that story played out. So no, Don't tell Shaq that. Time with Gatorade, man. I, you know, it's it's funny having your experience in, in the Florida market, and I know kind of Gatorade kind of originated that out of there. So, Gatorade. Talk to me about that time, man. It, that's that's a cool little. Well, yeah. While I was at the Magic, then I got a call back to go to the Miami Dolphins in their partnership activation. So they had a role open up. They were looking for somebody that could bridge the gap between sponsorship and operations. Yeah. You know, you know, on the on the sponsorship side. You know, a lot of times they'll go out and pitch things that may not be feasible or executable or they don't have those conversations. So using right. my experience on the special events side and then coming in and working with the sponsor child, I was able to bridge that gap. Okay. And so with that, um, that, that really helped catapult me as well. I finished my degree at Florida Atlantic University. Wow. So I now have my MBA and I'm a manager of client partnership activations at, at the Miami Dolphins. And my boss at the time, Mike Mossholder, shout out to Mike Mossholder, he's the greatest. Yeah, he's the greatest. good dude. He pulls me in his office, and he's like, I need to talk to you. I'm like, okay. Come in the office. He's like, man, there's an opportunity at Gatorade. They want to talk to you. I said, for what? I- I'm down in South Florida. You- I- I'm back. I want to work my way up. We're a tag team. You know, let- let's-, let's go. You know what I mean? He's like, nah, you probably need to talk to, to Gatorade. Okay. Sure. So went through that process, and it was like, oh. Okay, this is this is this is, this, this is, this is official, <laughs> official, you know, because now my role was flipping on the other side of the table. Now mm. I'm working on behalf of the brand, right? Working with the partners or working with the teams to negotiate assets that we could leverage to unlock growth yes. for the Gatorade business. Yeah. So well. again, that's another kind of huge transitional opportunity for me in my career, and that's when like the bright, the super bright lights come about because Gatorade sure. is one of the most 
iconic brands in sports and just iconic brands as a whole right. to be a part of. And now I'm working across NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, wow. college sports, the SEC, the ACC, um, and all the teams that are related there. So every time you watch the games and you see all the coolers and mm-hmm. you know people drinking and all that stuff, that was our team's role to develop those relationships to get that product integration. So to give you that authenticity, right? So if the athletes are using it, they're drinking the product in the game, it's like, hey, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. So that was just like a 24-7 commercial. When anytime you're watching a game, these people are drinking it naturally, organically. Uh, it was just an unbelievable experience, and I learned so much. It was a part of sports, so yes. heavy at a, at a certain time, right? And like, one of the experiences I had, too, was unbelievable. I had to... University of Florida was one of our accounts that mm. I worked on okay. and had the opportunity. They were doing a dedication where they were, did a marker on the university as like Gatorade being founded there. And so I had to speak on behalf of Gatorade, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Yeah. And I met Dr. Cade, who, wow. who was the inventor yeah. of Gatorade. Wow. And literally maybe a month, month later, he passed away. Wow. So, so, so to be able to work for Gatorade, and even I was a young buck there. There are people there have been at Gatorade for quite some time that never met him. Mm-hmm. That was a blessing in itself. He shook my hand, said, you know, thank you for everything you're doing for us and the family. And that was just kind of near and dear to the heart to, to meet the person that actually made Gatorade. Gatorade. You go in the store, you see it everywhere. That's it's big. crazy. <laughs> That's super big. So you're a bit of a shoe head. <laughs> Okay, and and we got our resident shoe expert here to sit right next to you. I like the way you just peeped the shoe game really quick. You saw that? You saw that too, right? You saw the side. It's it's a sneaker. I I get it. I'm just observing all around. So, were you a big shoe head before East Bay, or was it kind of you know catapulted into the next East Bay? (laughs) Did all your did all your paychecks? kind of go like you know some for the family some to east bay well, that magazine came in <laughs> yeah i mean a hundred percent of it hundred percent of it went to east bay wow i'm an all or nothing person so <laughs> before before i got to east bay i wasn't really into sneakers okay it was like i bought my first pair of jordans maybe like a year before i took before the you, job okay and they weren't according to my brother <laughs> real jordans because they were mids they were, they were <laughs> jordan one mids you know what i mean so i got <laughs> see why are you talking about <laughs> but, but no, no. So, so it was just one of those things where funny. I, I really get ingrained in the product and the business that I work with. Yes. Right. And so it's one of those things where if I'm working for an apparel and footwear company, I've got to understand the product. Got I've got to be in. I've, I've got to be involved and you got to look the part. And so at East Bay, we worked with so many different vendors, you okay. know, like Nike, Adidas, Under Armour. And there were days where we would have multiple meetings with multiple vendors. So guess what? I had to have a different pair of shoes on for each of those meetings because it's disrespectful. How are you going to walk into an Adidas meeting with Under Armour shoes on? You know what I mean? Right. How are you going to walk in a Nike meeting with Adidas I, on? I, I, That's the ultimate disrespect. <laughs> I actually bought a shoe bag, like a shoe bag that where I would walk around and I'd have pair, different pairs, pairs of, shoes, of shoes in them. And we were literally, we were in Boston, you know, meeting with like Reebok and a whole bunch of other vendors and mm-hmm. I had a different pair of shoes at each of our vendors that we were meeting with during the day. And it was just like, once I'm in, I'm in. And you know, it's just one of those things where now I'm a, you know, still a sneakerhead. My wife doesn't like it, but you know, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things that you just enjoy and you love and it makes you feel good. And now that the industry has transitioned to not so much formal wear and it's more lifestyle athleisure. Yeah, sure. So more and more people are wearing tennis shoes with suits they're wearing tennis shoes to work. I mean, and it's the, acceptable. And even the dress shoes, they're making more of a kind of sneaker sole oh, kind of. Yeah, Kohans. Yeah. yeah, but even that, it's kind of like, why buy that? You might as well just wear some Yeezys. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I, I really wanted to talk to you about this and just get your perspective on it because you've had relationships with all the big kind of shoe companies and you're a shoe head and uh, the NBA draft is tonight. So just kind of made sense to me. So, you know, LeVar Ball, he traveled that lane of kind of creating his own brand, and, his, and he stepped into the shoe world, trying to compete against the Nikes and the Adidas and the Unarmers of the world. What's your opinion on that? I mean, I got to give him all the props in the world. LeVar, LeVar is just, just a marketing genius. I mean, it's it, he is passionate about his sons. He, he makes us fathers look bad because he <laughs> goes hard for his kids. You Real know hard. what I mean? Like. I, you, you have the group chats with your, you know, your fellas, and we go back and forth about Levar and how he, he, how he, how he moves. Right. And you know, a lot of people are fans of him. In my group chat. It's just like, hey, he, he loves his kids. He went out there. He saw an opportunity. He took 
took advantage of it, I probably would have worked a little bit better on the quality of the product, but you know, <laughs> right. it, but he tried, you know right. what I mean? And you can't knock it. And now with the mellow in the league and he's a beast, mm-hmm. you know, Lonzo's doing his thing too. So, I mean, I'm, I'm proud, I'm proud of him and the Facebook live show. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. So he's definitely doing everything he can to stay relevant and to make sure that his kids are good. I mean, no, I mean, people knew about Lonzo ball, but if it Not, wasn't for his dad, that's true. he, he wouldn't he have been the number two pick. Yeah. yeah, you know, there's no. I mean, no disrespect. I mean, Lonzo does his thing, mm-hmm. but the marketing machine behind him got him a little bit more attention. Otherwise, he'd just been a regular kid. From the got street. him, willed him to the <laughs> Lakers. <laughs> yeah, literally. Not, yeah. not even yeah. just get drafted like where he was going. Right. All right. Hundred percent. Right. So I hope Lamelo does well in Charlotte. So, since we're on kind of philosophical questions, sure. we go back and forth about this one. All right, so we want your. I don't like how you just grabbed the mic for this question. <laughs> listen, so speaking of the draft, right? Um, we talk about the college experience. All right, what do you feel about basketball players? Because it's really more for basketball players than other um, sports. Having the opportunity to go other places, G League, you know, all the development leagues that they have to forego college to do that for the year, which is the minimum at this point, and then go to the league. What are your thoughts about that opportunity versus a college opportunity? Ooh, you didn't prep me for this one. Uh, but but I, I, w- I would say it's tough because I love college sports. Mm-hmm. For sure. I want to see the best compete in college, and there's nothing better than March Madness or now maybe May, May Madness, Madness, whatever. <laughs> but the draft, I think, even today lost a little bit of its luster because we weren't able to see these players play in, in March Madness. I mean, Obi Toppin, yeah. you well, know, shout out, Ohio, shout out Ohio. Yeah, that's a big pickup to it. The let's fact go. that he dropped, oh oh, that was gosh. huge. Let's go, but, Knicks. You know, we back. I, I, we are not back. <laughs> Stop that foolishness. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully they get rust too. They'll, we, they'll we, we're working out. on it. But but to, to be able to and, see and that Kyrie. and to get the stories <laughs> – to get the stories of those athletes, you feel closely connected with them mm-hmm. and you follow them in the NBA. I mean, the Zion phenomenon, I mean, the guy was just a YouTube sensation, an mm-hmm. overtime sensation, ball is life sensation. You you knew about him and seeing him play at Duke, Ooh, which was yeah. so disappointing that they didn't win it all, you know, but true. it is what it is there. But to be able to see that is must see TV. Ain't nobody, I'm sorry, love you, G League. You know, it's the Gatorade League. Shout out to Gatorade. <laughs> yes. But ain't nobody watching the G League. And, and and it's just one of those things where you want to see these players play. Right. And that's not the argument, by the way. Yeah. What's the, the argument? The argument is about getting the college experience. Yeah, that too. You want to have the college experience. I mean, I, I grew so much. But they're only going to be there for a year, so you're not going to get the full experience. But you're going to meet somebody. Who knows? If you didn't go to college, you may not meet Mark Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or, or the next billionaire kid that's there. Or that somebody's going to help you. So the networking, especially if you're going to you know top schools, is is invaluable now we're all talking as business professionals that are one percent or further (laughs) away from going professional so our mindset is a lot different we're talking about these athletes that are going to school just to go to the league so they're not going there for that college experience hell by the end of the second semester quarter these guys are ineligible because they're dropping out so these are not the guys that are going there for the college experience they're doing the bare minimum or they're getting paid or paying a tutor to get them through their classes to keep them eligible. Ooh, that's that that hurts. I mean, don't, so, don't disrespect these guys. I mean, they're smart. They're right. doing their school. I didn't. I mean, no, you know, nothing said that. Yeah. It's smart for them to have someone that's handling them and keeping them educated and keeping them through the system. That has no determination on whether they're smart or not. But you're telling me, so if you have that opportunity, right, because you've had opportunities and you have an opportunity that's going to propel you to where you're looking to go and it's a path for you to choose and take, Instead of going, you know, like when you're, when Mike was like, no, you need to talk to Gatorade, like this is going to the NBA and you have the development, you know, to get there and those tracks to get there. So that's where this argument kind of goes back and forth. I see, I see both sides of it, but I also feel like, again, the college experience, though it's only short, you're still getting that development. You're still practicing with others. You're still getting able to play in Rump Arena. You're still able to play in Cameron Indoor indoor. Arena, you know? (laughs) So it's like experience. You may get exposure to things that you wouldn't have Uh if you didn't go to college. So, I mean, it's good to to just brighten your and broaden your horizons as much as you can 
And again, selfishly as a college fan, I want to see them play in college. And again, G League, if G League was popping, okay, I get it, but it's not. So not I yet. Wanna, so not yet. Yeah, it, it's there, but these guys aren't going to play in the G League. They're developing and they're training and those types of things. But why not put on a uniform? And that's the other thing, too. Let's say things don't work out mm-hmm. right in the pros. Mm-hmm. You put on Ohio State uniform, you good for life. You good. You put on Duke, you put on Kentucky. Oh, you, my God, you're good. You're good. So that's a decent backup plan for those that may not pan out long-term in the NBA. You can get business connections just because you played for those universities and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Even though you didn't graduate, right. the fact that you put on that uniform is invaluable. The doors of the church is open. <laughs> Man, you over there clapping like Birdman and shit over there. The doors, the doors of the church is open. <laughs> and I agree with all of that. I'm just playing devil's advocate because, like, you know, Harden turned down a lot of money after he was in the NBA because he was in a certain situation. When that money comes from you, you know, and your financial and your family situation, I think it's a it's a different. It's mythical, and it's we've all lived the dream and had those great college experiences. But uh, to be realistic, um, you know, people are going to get this money. We're in such a get the bag society that I just don't think that that foray of you know really having that esoteric kind of vision for them to go to is not where it's at. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I think. Before the G League, I would do Europe, like what LaMelo did. Yeah. I, I would be down with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw that in even the interviews I heard today, him talking about how much he developed and going overseas, that's a whole different experience, too, that they may not ever get that opportunity. Yeah. So I definitely would rock with that. Absolutely. Even though I hope they would show them, you know, on TV out here so we can at least see them. No point. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. All right, let's get to <laughs> these quick hits, man. Quick hits, sponsored by Thick Fit. Uh, meal prep. Uh, when it comes to your health, uh, it starts in the kitchen. Thick Fit Meal Prep is here to help you with your journey along the way, providing healthy and delicious meals on the go. They do offer delivery, so order your meals and and they will have them delivered. Call them at 702-850-3388 or on Instagram, Thick Fit Meal Prep. Use that hashtag black and get an extra additional free meal on us. Hit them with them quick hits. Miles, what you got? John, first time you were starstruck, if ever. I was in New York, and I was meeting a friend at the 4040 Club, and it was dark. I was getting out the Uber, walking up to the door, mm-hmm. saw somebody get out of a black Escalade, big, huge guy, and okay. somebody wrapped up in a fur, scully, walking to the door. And of okay. course, I'm a gentleman. I open up the door. <laughs> Welcome in. It was Beyonce. Oh. Wow. Yeah, it was the night Steve Francis got traded, first game with the Knicks. Knicks, Okay. And so I was going to the 4040 <laughs> Club, and she walked in, and wow. at standing at the top of the stairs was Jay-Z. And wow. the crazy thing about New York, people were just like, ho-hum. Like, it, yeah. was, it was nothing. Right. It was just like regular people, but definitely was like, you know, just. What I think I things? freeze for that one, too. Yeah, though. I froze. I mean, I, it was I like, you know, I, I played it cool. I was like, hey, you hey, know, right. you know, welcome, this, that, and the other. I mean, it's, it's her spot. Like, I'm welcome to her own spot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, come on in, man. Enjoy, enjoy yourself. Get comfortable. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, so definitely starstruck there. And then uh-huh. also, too, I really appreciate uh, Archie Manning. Mm. Uh, you know, worked a lot Gatorade mm-hmm. with the Manning family. Dope. You know, everyone speaks. You know, Peyton is amazing. Eli's amazing. Even Cooper is amazing, mm-hmm. but Archie is just a great guy. Awesome guy, And though. just an awesome, cool. I call him Uncle Archie. Okay. Uh, and, you know, one of the best experiences I've had is going to the Manning Passing Academy mm. in New Orleans. Wow. That is official. That is you have the best quarterbacks in the in the world coming and playing from a high school perspective. And the camp counselors are there are Andrew Luck, Luck. Russell <laughs> Wilson. And, they're, you know, and they're, 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 they're actually there in it. They're not only in it, they're staying in these – Beat up dorm dorms. rooms. Yeah. That's and awesome. I'm like, oh, Peyton, you staying at the hotel. You don't know. Nah, they're, all they're all in, in there. there. Yeah. Really awesome. just grinding because they love the game that much. So I definitely, uh, you know, appreciate that. Yeah. There's a little one coming up too. So yeah, he's a baller. Yeah, he is. So uh, top five, I guess, your Mount Rushmore of Ohio State football players. That's a good one. Ooh, that's a good that's one. That's not fair. That's, you can't do that to me. That's like picking your own, you know, picking your children, you know? Um, that, that, in no particular order, or it's got to be. No order. Okay. Definitely Zeke, I like um, it. Eddie George, mm-hmm. Chris Carter, like it. Uh, Justin Fields, really? Oh, Justin Fields. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, dude's the best quarterback we've ever had ever at Ohio State. I thought it was Dwayne Haskins, but Justin Fields yeah. is the truth, no, the whole truth, nothing Dustin. but the truth. Yeah. 
and probably number five, Orlando Pace. So the two-time Heisman Trophy winner didn't didn't make the the cut. Well, it's not. Well, I don't don't call me out for a humble brag, but he's like an uncle, like a friend. You know what I okay. mean? So it's like I don't. He, he's you know Mount Rushmore. He's, he's like beyond. one of the children. Yeah, no, no, he's beyond Mount. He's like he you don't count, out right. it's, just like, it's just like when you ask somebody their top five rappers, you don't count Jay Z. It's just like he's just not not counted. Okay, you yeah. know, so in that same level, yeah, but definitely Archie though. But I, from who I have seen play, how okay. about that? Okay, you know, I didn't get to see Archie play. Nice qualifier Giants. on yeah. that. I like it. So you you're a networking guy. So. Dead or alive, give me three people that you would like to have just a, a networking dinner with. Warren Buffett, mm. Jeff Bezos, and Mark Zuckerberg. There you like go. It. All right, so let's get into this winner's circle, man. You got some stuff you want to definitely share with us. Um, the winner's circle is uh, sponsored by Nevada Grow. Uh, Nevada Grow is here providing the right data, making the right decisions, helping you facilitate the right connections. Nevada Grow is helping small businesses here in Nevada Grow. Um, so here in the winner's circle, you wanted to talk about really just innately what's in you is just your service to others. So tell us like, what does that mean for you? Just when, when someone says that, I mean, to, to me, um, it's just important to really understand why are you on this earth? What, what is your purpose? Right. One of the books I read that really changed my life was called purpose driven life by Rick Warren. It really helped me kind of understand and unlock what am I here to do? Okay. Is it to be a marketer? Is it to be, you know, sports, entertainment guy? Absolutely not. It's really to help people just motivate them, inspire them, and to encourage them to be the best that they can be and to believe in yourself. You know, my father raised me to say, just believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I want to share that and pass that along with others, provide people advice and insight just based on all the multiple experiences I've had throughout my career and just my life in general. And it just is something that in, innately just naturally comes. Like God blessed me with the ability to talk and connect with others. God blessed me with social media so I can connect with several people very easily at any time of day. Yes. So in, in order to really fulfill your purpose, God is going to put things in your life that makes it easier for you to do your job. Absolutely. And so for me, helping, inspiring others, really helping people get to where they want to get and maybe helping them find a way to get to where they want yeah. to get. And it's mm -hmm. never a straight road. It's never a straight path. You're going to have your ebbs <laughs> and flows, your twists and turns. Yes. And it may not always turn Preach. out to be <laughs> where you want to be. There may be even something better that you didn't even think about right. that can come about too. So always keep an open mind, always be willing to try things. Um, you know, one of the things that I posted today on social was the, the three C's, but I'm going to add a four C. Okay. Um, so really about having confidence Confidence is so key, especially for black people. You know what I mean? There's so many things that could just really hurt our confidence and just get us in a funk. And you want to make sure you have confidence, but you want to have the confidence to make a choice and to take a chance. Because if you don't, your life will never change. That's the fourth C. There you so go. you really want to take that and, and just do what you can. Right. And, and put in your all, have the confidence to make a choice, to take a chance. And if you don't, your life won't change. So you want to, if you want to be a game changer, if you want things to happen, you got to something, you got to shoot your shot. You got to try different things. You got to take risks. You're not always going to win. Right. But you want to learn from those situations, take that. And you're never starting from scratch. You're starting from experience. Ooh, look at that. That's a quote. That's, the, yeah, that's, that's definitely a quote. This is a time, man. This is an interesting time in our world, obviously, for many different reasons, but. The connecting piece, it's 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 been easier in some cases, it's been harder in some cases just due to COVID. So advice for a young man, particularly a young a young black male, trying to connect and get into the game now in this new kind of world. Yeah, I mean, I think COVID there, there's some positives to COVID. Mm -hmm. Not I mean, a lot of people are like, Man, you crazy, but the positives of people are now more open to doing video chats, Yes, you know, and you're able to connect. You're able to have more multiple meetings because you're able to do it from the comfort of your home or from an office or something along those lines. So take the time, take the initiative to reach out. I just had dinner right before here with a young man who reached out to me via Instagram. He works with the big three. He says he's in Vegas for a, a conference or for some meetings. He's like, you want to meet up? Perfect stranger. I don't know him from Adam, <laughs> but young guy, 
hungry. Said, sure, let's go to Pepper Mill. Never been to Pepper Mill, so I wanted to go check that out. Mm-hmm. Chopped it up with them. That's a perfect example of somebody just reaching out to me. Now, everybody's not going to respond. Right. But all you need is one, one opportunity, one that's chance. It. And that's why I try to, please don't hit me up too much. But <laughs> but, but I, will, I will respond. I will because, you know, one of my mentors throughout my career said, always respond. Even if you can't help them, or if there's not an interest, just, you know, acknowledge that you got the message. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, if it's straight spam, it's getting deleted. <laughs> right. But you want to be able to reach out and help. So I would, for young people, reach out. LinkedIn is the most powerful platform out there. Instagram is powerful. You can connect with anyone in maybe one to two connections, if at all possible. Shoot a note. See what happens. If it doesn't happen, keep moving. All you need is that one shot. Just go for it. I like it. So you you touched on mentors, and I wanted to ask you, like, how do you see mentorship and, you know, how have you established or gone after mentors, you know, in your career? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been natural because it's either a former boss or Mm. a friend of a friend or you know, someone that's been there. Okay. So I've been fortunate enough to have some really good mentors, a lot of friends of my father. Uh, one of my mentors, former CEO, Bob Evans, and he's a beast because oh. every time I talk to him about corporate America and being a black man in corporate America, he like knows the play before I even say it. He's like, yep, been there, done that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I want to now return the favor to others to try to help the next people the landmines that I stepped on or the things that I messed up on, just really just try to help as many people because we need more representation at the C-suite level within these major corporations. And that's a big goal of mine because I can tell you, I can tell you that when I was starting at PepsiCo and I was talking to a lot of executives in there around the same age that I am now, Mm -hmm. a lot of them fizzled out. They got to maybe the director level, senior director level. And, then you did and they too. were like, ah, you know, I, this is the same for me. And so I'm committed to continue to fight and to continue to grow within an organization so we can bring others along. And so back in 2006, we started an organization uh, called the Black Sports Professionals. BSP. BSP to yes. really help because I was at the Miami Dolphins. I'm at the Orlando Magic. I'm the only person You're not in seeing there that's anybody black. Else. Yeah. And it was a young man that reached out to me. He met my uncle in Cleveland. Uh-huh. And I was at the Magic. He was at the Cavs. He's uh-huh. like, hey, you know, I met your uncle, Bruce Wimbush. Bruce, reached shout out, out to, to me. Bruce. My uncle Glenn <laughs> connected us. And we found this organization and we just started connecting people. And our passion is to just connect and empower individuals to be successful in the sports industry and just helping people exposure. Like a lot of people don't know that you could work behind the scenes within a professional sports organization or for a brand. All the different levels that are All the different levels that are available. So really just helping connect when there's a job, you know, if you follow me on social media, job alert, job alert, like, (laughs) Hey, something's out there. You may not get it, but Uh I at least want you to be aware of it and shoot your shot to see, okay, it may not be that opportunity, but it may be something else. So this organization has done wonders not only for me professionally, but a lot of other people. Like when we started in 2006, we were assistant managers and managers. Mm-hmm. Now people are, you know, VPs the, sen- the senior, senior women's uh, uh, senior women's administrator <laughs> for the SEC, Tiffany Daniels, wow. was, you know, on, on the board with me nice. back then. I mean, there's just so many count. Adrian Williams is leading uh, the Braves organization. They just dropped an offset uh, collaboration that's fire. I mean, like. All these people, and then he hired so many people from this network. Mm-hmm. So really, just helping people get on is is the purpose of this this organization. Well, I want to give you your flowers because I definitely joined that, and that helped me navigate. You know, connecting with people such as yourself and Bruce, and just others along the way to give a tidbit or just to see that these people had different titles and and higher titles and and stuff to strive for, and then positions that I didn't even know existed. So you know, I want to give you your flowers, and because of that foundation you led, you know, we have BSP Las Vegas, you know, that we're able to kick off. So I just want to thank you and your guidance and leadership for helping us get that kind of going and started out here. So that that's amazing. I mean, if it wasn't for BSP, I wouldn't be here right now. Boom. That's awesome, man. Broad question, man. Uh, the future of, of sports and sports business particularly, where do you see it going from here? 
It's a great question. I mean, I definitely think it's going to continue to evolve. Sports in general needs to evolve in order to survive. Mm -hmm. And I think this situation that we're in right now with COVID has people thinking a lot differently. Yeah. You're going to have to operate and maneuver a lot differently. Right. Health and safety is the norm. There is no new norm. Like people are like, oh, masks are going to go away. They may, but you're still going to need to provide the health and and cleanliness and just making sure i mean it's crazy that a disease makes people now wash their hands right you know it's like you're supposed to wash wash it like that wasn't but okay if people are going to clean extra and do more i mean a lot of these companies are probably profiting from this especially your pngs and your cloroxes of the world so you know happy for them right but but sports business you're gonna have to operate a lot differently yeah um, the fan experience is going to need to change. You're going to mm-hmm. have to probably adjust to do more streaming mm-hmm. to be able to connect with more people. I mean, what the NBA did in their bubble was amazing. Right. With the ultra court side. I thought that was amazing. Even one. though I wanted to watch on my screen, I'm not trying to watch on a laptop, but Hey, <laughs> if they can figure out how to get it on the, on the flat screen, we good. There you yeah. go. But I do think that we're going to have to continue and evolve. And from a business perspective, they're going to have to show the ROI, yes. you know, like the, putting up a sign and putting the Gatorade carts out there is not necessarily going to turn into revenue. And a lot of these businesses are having guns to their heads and budgets are tight and expenses are really tight. And if you can't show that this investment generated X return back to your business, it's going to be tight. And so you have your social media companies and businesses like Google and Facebook that can show direct ROI to your investment. Whereas if I do a deal with the New York Knicks, you know, inherently, maybe, you know, it helped drive the business. But it, when you're talking to a chief financial officer, they, it ain't going to fly. Gonna, right. So we have to make sure that we, we make adjustments and ensuring that we're delivering value back to these businesses and these brands, as well as the fans. Yes. And, and making sure that the fans get what they need, the enjoyment that's necessary that's in order to be successful. The fan engagement is key. That hadn't really changed even when I was working for the Dolphins because that was a big piece too because okay. everyone was worried about the flat screen. People aren't <laughs> going to want to go to the games anymore. But I think now, home. though, the, the benefit of COVID too is the fact that we've been separated Separated. for so long. Yeah. So now people want to come together. So right. that's going to be a benefit. People are going to want to come wanna hang go, out and those do types every of things. Kind of experience. Whether it's at the game or at a bar or a restaurant, yep. people want to gather and really have a good time with each other. That's awesome. So um, last topic and, you know, quick on this, you know, definitely if you want to touch, but just men's health, you know what I mean? Just just um, I know us as black men probably are the worst in taking care of ourselves. So is there anything that you want to like to share around, you know, that aspect? Yeah, it's just one of those things where if you talk about what has been my struggle throughout my career, mm. it's been managing my health. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely has been something to where. You know, full transparency, I battled obesity my whole career uh-huh. and my whole life as a kid. It was just one of those things where it just was hard and okay. difficult. And knowing being in sports, you got to look the part, too. Yes. You know, you can't come around looking sloppy and all those types of things. And so it was just really important for me to make sure that I manage my health as best as I can. So mm. it's great that you have partners that have fit meals, you right. know what I mean, that could help. So busy individuals like myself that don't have time to cook, if it's already there, it's it's a it's a good wow. situation of course right. you're going to these business meetings business dinners drinking alcohol i mean i stopped drinking alcohol when i was 25 because <laughs> it was just too hard for me to recover and then 40 then 40 hennessy parties you used to have back in the day <laughs> yep, right exactly so <laughs> oh you saw that on facebook uh, but yeah it's just one of those things where if you don't take the time to, to take care of you mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to take care of your family and you're not going to be successful in life that's big, man. So, so I, you got to put in the extra effort. Go to the doctor. Man, if I get a little scratch, I'm going to the doctor. <laughs> I mean, you're paying, you paying for your health insurance anyway, so you might as well use it, right? So uh, I think it's just important to make sure that you dedicate and make the time to go to the gym, to mm-hmm. work out, do something that you enjoy. You don't have to do all the CrossFit or anything crazy or the Pelotonians and all that stuff, <laughs> but do what you enjoy. They got Beyonce now, though. I, I know, I know. <laughs> but do what you feel is best. <laughs> and and make sure you just look out for yourself because life is short yeah. and you want to make sure that you can maximize your time on this earth to make that impact and your you know health is wealth health is wealth man that's definitely it so man time flies um yeah. we're at the assist man and this is i mean you've been dropping nuggets and jewels sure. but uh is there like a word or a philosophy that you live by just a, a quick you know 30 seconds quote or words you live by or something you would tell your younger self i definitely would say you know keep moving forward, right? Don't be afraid to take a chance. Don't be afraid to take a risk. 
And if someone offers you, this is a quote from Sheryl Sandberg from uh, Facebook. If someone offers you a seat on a rocket ship, mm-hmm. you don't ask what seat you're going on. You just get on the <laughs> ship. <it>. Yep. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So, so I, you definitely want to, <laughs> you know, take the time. And you know, another book that really changed my life was Who Moved My Cheese. Ah, I love it. You know, Spencer Johnson. Great book. I mean, great, it book, a great book, but it just really, and of course, I moved 11 times. So that tells you that I really followed the book to the T. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't take the opportunity to try new things, mm-hmm. to do different things, you're not going to be where you want to be. Mm-hmm. So I love the shoot your shot. We need to continue to tell people to shoot your shot. Absolutely. Go for what you know and make things happen and put God first and everything else will work itself out. It's beautiful. There it is. I love it. Well, hey, we want to thank our guests. We have his information on the screen and uh, we'll put it in the show notes for all you guys listening on the podcast platforms um, and reach out. He's definitely a LinkedIn open networker um, and has valuable jewels. And just as he's stated in his winner's circles, he's here to service and serve others. Uh, we want to thank the people for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. And we want to also thank all of our sponsors. So reach out if you're interested in becoming a sponsor for the show. Additional con- uh, comments and contact, you can check us out on The Locker Room that drops every Tuesday. And remember, you can listen to us anywhere where podcasts are being played. Please be safe, practice gratitude, and know we're rooting for you. Thank you. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. 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 Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Spat about two racks on handmade new racks. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. That's everybody from sports to college class to rap.